2: This isn't
0: your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The
1: James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on The James Altucher Show. If I have an instinct on something, I don't get accountants to come and spend days and days analyzing. For instance, when I started Virgin Atlantic, I never got an accounting firm in to see whether or not we'd make money or lose money instinctively, you know, any firm of accountants would say, you're mad, you're running a record company, there's no way you can make a success out of the airline business, especially where you hardly get any money to start it. And even our big rival, British Airways, said, you know, that I was too old to rock and roll, too young to fly, you know, you'll be bankrupt within 12 months. And 35 years later, Virgin Atlantic is still going strong.
0: How did you do it? How did you convince Boeing to essentially lend you a plane? (laughs) if you want to be mentally tougher, be tougher. Wake up earlier and make luck happen. Get discipline, get freedom. Jocko Willink, one of my favorite people in the world, will show you how with his new book, Discipline Equals Freedom. I have the book. I highly recommend this. It's excellent. Discipline Equals Freedom by Jocko Willink. Get it wherever books are sold from St. Martin's Press. FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software to help the self-employed. Create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four times faster. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial at freshbooks.com slash James and enter the James Altucher Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash James. Hey, this is James.
1: Hi, James, it's Helen with Richard.
0: Okay, so uh, should we get started?
1: Yeah, if we could, that would be great. Okay. I'll pass over to Richard now. Thank you. Hi.
0: Hey, uh, Richard Branson, thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, thanks also for writing such an excellent new book, Finding My Virginity, the new autobiography. By the way, I love that subtitle.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much for um, your kind words. Um Losing my virginity was a lot of fun and, um, uh, and over the last 20 years we decided uh, it was time for, time for a, new, a new follow-on and, and um, uh, I suppose yeah, having come up with the name Virgin, uh, it gives me lots of opportunity to do lots of, pun- lots of puns over the years. So.
0: I mean, we're going to discuss that because obviously you're a marketing genius and, and I'm sure it even starts before the word virgin, but you mentioned once to be a real entrepreneur you always have to be looking forward. The moment you rest on your laurels is the moment your competition overtakes you. And I really find that to be the essence of this book is that you're constantly reinventing yourself in ways that are surprising, probably even to yourself.
1: Yeah, if I hadn't reinvented myself, um, I, I, w- I wouldn't be in business 50 years um, after our first venture. So, you know, one of our first ventures was the music business. Um, uh, and, you know, music stores, music, um, music, um, mail order. And I remember people saying when we went from that into the airline business, you know, like, uh, did he not learn that, you know, sticking to your onions is the, uh, uh <laughs> the, the right thing to do? You don't go, you don't go shooting off in a different, in a different area. Um, but of course, if we had stuck with our onions, the music, music stores have disappeared, uh, and, um, and life moves on. So, um, you know so i love i love a, i love a challenge i see opportunities everywhere i see you know i see, I've, you know i see situations where i feel we can do things better um and um i like to jump in with open feet and uh and, keep, and as and, and as i said just keep reinventing ourselves in the process
0: you know and i, I want to ask about that because i feel Obviously if people want to read about all your many businesses and the challenges and and how you started each one and interwoven with your philanthropic efforts which has been in the in the billions interwoven with you know your your many stories of family and how it's all connected th- this book is is excellent everyone should read it but i feel the essence of this book is about creativity and happiness and you it's like you just said you look you look everywhere for opportunities I, I'm going to question that. I think you look everywhere for where there's problems and easy solutions that nobody else has thought of. So I, I feel like everything you look at, you try to find the problem.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think you put it much better than I, than I, than I could have done. I think, um, uh, you know, I mean, what is a business? A business is simply coming up with an idea that's going to make people's lives better. And, uh, and if I see a situation where people's lives are not... Um, as good as they could be, um, then, then you know, using the Virgin brand will jump in and, and, and try to improve people 's lives and uh, and you know, we 've done that you know obviously in, in, in quite a lot of different areas um, I mean yeah the, you
0: run over there 's over four hundred businesses under the Virgin brand
1: yeah, and you know, what i 've tried to avoid in this book is make it a sort of chronological sort of Right autobiography of everything that's gone on. I've I've just tried to, you know, make it a good read because I think you know if you're going to read a book, you you know you 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 want to be gripped by it, and um, so I've taken some good stories and stories is, is a wonderful way of illustrating things and um, try 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 to, uh, yeah try try to write really some of the best the better stories of the last twenty years and um and fortunately we've had plenty of good stories to tell
0: and i I think at heart you're a storyteller and that shows up a lot in the marketing behind almost every single business you do and i'm I'm going to i'm going to get to that but i want to i want to hold on to a second this notion of creativity because it's not just seeing a problem it's also solving a problem and i feel you have a very unique way that's particular to you for solving a problem you you don't build solutions from scratch. you basically re- remove obstacles as opposed to building solutions and then and then or somehow it meets in the middle. I don't know if I'm describing it correctly, but maybe you can elaborate and, and give an example yeah um yeah, so like virgin mobile was it was a great way you you removed obstacles by basically borrowing resources from other companies, both financial and bandwidth and so on and 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 that's how you build companies, I think, very quickly.
1: Yeah, I mean, with um, Virgin Mobile, you know, we decided, you know, let's let's not build a whole infrastructure. Let's uh, use the fact we have a great brand. We have, we're great at marketing to piggyback on somebody else's infrastructure, and in that way, Virgin Mobile very quickly got born on on a global basis. Um, uh, <laughs> we tell tell one uh one one court case that um you know the person the person who owned the infrastructure decided to try to steal the company office and um and we ended up taking them to court and um and instead instead of them being able to steal the company off us for one 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 what uh, one dollar um uh, the the judge awarded the company to us for 1 so um, you know, so that, that, anyway, it was, it was and, a, and they
0: still did a, uh, they, Deutsche Telekom then the very next day called you and said, let's do a deal.
1: Yeah, because, the, anyway, they were pragmatic in the end, but, um, but it, you know, but, but, um, yeah, so they, 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 they attempted to behave abysmally and, um, it backfired and, but in the, in, 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 in the, in the end, we, in the end, we ended up friends.
0: And, and, and I think, I think Virgin Mobile is a good example, too, of you using creativity to say, Oh, there's friction in the process of signing up for a cell phone contract. There's all these contracts and fees and extra fees and limitations. Yeah. And you saw you made it you you took the consumer view and said, "Oh, if I'm a consumer, this is the creative way I would like to have a phone." And then you 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 basically used every resource you could find rather than building from scratch to solve that core problem. You fo- you always stayed focused on the problem.
1: Yeah. I mean, our slogan was what you see is what you get. And that, and I think that sums up Virgin completely in that, um, you know, if you, if you, you know, I'm, I'm dyslexic, so I, I like to simplify everything, make sure that we have, you know, nothing, you know, nothing hidden, hidden underneath the, um, the mattress. And, and, uh, and yeah, literally what you see is what you get when, when you deal with the Virgin company and, and, um, and that, doesn't apply to a lot of companies and I think you know the very fact that I am dyslexic I'd simplify our advertising and make it everything very clear um and, and and open and I think you know that that people have appreciated that over the years.
0: Do you think um I hadn't thought of this before but do you think dyslexia helps kickstart creativity because you always have to look at things a little bit differently than everybody else does?
1: Completely. I think that dyslexics are great delegators because we're not we're not the best at doing everything ourselves um and a lot of people who think they can do everything themselves are not good delegators so i've managed to get tremendous people around me uh give them a lot of freedom to get out there and do good things and and and, and equally to make mistakes um and uh and you know we you know we're good at i think uh focusing in on uh issues very quickly um and we're good at sort of leaving leaving issues that are not that important on one side. So, um, So I think there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are dyslexic.
0: It seems like a very special skill you have is to figure out maybe a thousand potential solutions to obstacles and then pick the right ones that work for you. Because you've even said in the past, it's easy to find reasons not to do something. What's an example where you think you focus on the right issues very quickly?
1: If I have a, an instinct on something, I don't get accountants to come and spend days and days analyzing, for instance, when I started Virgin Atlantic, I'd never got an accounting firm in to see whether or not we'd make money or lose money, because I knew that uh, one, one accounting firm most likely would come in and give me every reason why we shouldn't do it. Another accounting firm, based on the same figures, could come in and give me every reason why I, sh- I should do it. Um, I I just know that instinctively if the airline business is shite um and they don't look after you and they don't entertain you and they and that the people who work for it are not happy that if i bring in an airline into america or if i bring an airline into australia or if i bring an airline into uh britain uh that if if more people like it than don't like it um that we have a business and that at the end of the year we'll be able to pay the bills um and uh, and that has worked <laughs> in, in, in all, all three airlines. So, um, but instinctively, you know, any firm of accountant would say you're mad. Um, you know, you're running a record company. There's no way you can make a success out of the airline business, uh, especially where you hardly get any money um, to start it. Um, you know, leave, leave that to the guys that know about airlines. And um, and even our big rival, British Airways, said, you know, that I was. Uh, you know, too old to rock and roll, too young to fly, you know, you'll be bankrupt within, within 12 months. And 35 years later, Virgin Atlantic is still going strong.
0: So again, it's sort of like you saw this problem that air travel wasn't as good and convenient as you felt it should be. And it's not like you suddenly bought a fleet of planes and spent billions of dollars, like you kind of figured out again, simple, use your creativity, figure out simple ways. To start something you could call an airline, and uh, you know, how did you do it? How did you convince Boeing to basically, essentially, lend you a plane? <laughs>
1: um, well, I rang them up, and
0: like I would, I wouldn't be able to do that, for instance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a record company. I rang them up and I said, um, "This is Richard Branson. I'm. I didn't say I was 27 years old, but I was. Um, I wonder whether you have any secondhand 747s for sale." And, um, the guy at the other end said, uh, "Who did you say you were?" I said, "I'm Richard Branson. I have a record company called Virgin Records, that they've got the Rolling Stones and Janet Jackson and Sex Pistols and lots of great bands." Um, but I'm fed up flying on other people's airlines, uh, and I'd like to create the kind of airline that I'd like to fly on. Um, and it, 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 somehow I managed to hit a little something, and this guy's uh, guy called R.J. Wilson's. Uh, you know, he was fed up selling planes to British Airways. There was no competitor to British Airways, so they always had him over a barrel. so he said to me, "Look, I would love to see an alter- alternative to British Airways in Britain. um I will come along and see you uh but he also said that with a name like virgin, uh nobody would fly on an airline called Virgin because they would always they'd all assume that um it would never go the whole way so um but anyway, he came, he came along anyway, and um, we kept the name Virgin. He gave us our first, secondhand 747. Um, I did a deal that if it didn't work out, I could hand the plane back to him at the end of 12 months, as it was at the end of 12 months. Uh, we took two more 747s off him because uh, people love Virgin Atlantic, and um, Virgin was born.
0: Who gives somebody a plane and says, Ah, if it doesn't work, you'll just give it back to us?
1: I think, uh, you know, look, you have an advantage when you're young and enthusiastic and you believe passionately in what you're doing. uh, You can convince people. And I'd left school at 15. I'd started a magazine to campaign against the Vietnamese war. Uh, I I passionately thought the war was an unjust war, Um, uh, it was killing and maiming thousands of people. Yes. And, And so. You know, ever since then, you know I've gone into things because I feel passionately about them. and um, uh, and and I suppose I've been used to you know persuading people into my way of thinking. So um somehow or another, um I, I managed to persuade persuade him.
0: There's two things there. one is and and you've said this in the past, age isn't as important as long as you're surrounded by people you love doing things you passionately believe in. And that applies directly to what you just said just now. And I think if someone's listening to this, how can, if they're not 27, if they're 54 and they're trying to reinvent their lives or they're 36 or they're, or they're 90, how does someone reinvigorate so they, they feel that youth and passion again?
1: Oh, look, I just think all of us have got to live life uh, to its full. And you don't necessarily have to start businesses, but whatever you're doing in life, just throw yourself wholeheartedly into it. I mean, the first thing I think you should do uh, if you want to live your life again is get yourself fit. So, you know, if you've let yourself get run down a bit, I mean, the help, the helpings of food that you get in America are all two times too big. Um, so, you know, get, get out there, you know, fine, um, get, get active, get yourself, get yourself healthy. I mean, I play a hard game of tennis every morning and every evening against somebody who's better than me. Um, uh, because I love to play tennis so try to try to do something you enjoy to get yourself fit um I kite surf um you know so uh, and I'm when I before the hurricane I was lucky enough to live on an island and get out there and kite and keep fit um uh, what if you can if you're fit and healthy everything else flows from that and um if you can get the you know the endorphins from you know uh, being fit and healthy mean that you can go out there and achieve anything and then um, and then, you know, if you if you've got a a job that's a bit boring, get in there and you know start loving it. Start you know being concerned about other people at the workplace. Start caring for other people. Start um, you know taking an interest in other people. Start finding people who've got problems in the in the office place and help them. And you know and uh, and you know try just try to reinvent yourself of what you're doing. And then. Maybe you'll you'll see opportunities whereby you might be able to start your own thing. You might see a gap in the market that where things are not being done well, Um, and then you you've got these you you can start finding a really great team of people to help you and um, and uh, yeah. So it may it may sound a bit easier said than done, but just if if people try that, it it, it, it may may be useful advice anyway.
0: You know the hard part I think in what you said might be. In the finding people to help you, because I think delegation is something you do extremely well, but I mean what's a bad story of delegation that you've had to kind of uh, unravel
1: look most um, most business people are not good delegators and um, uh, and and the best bit of advice I can give to any young person who's you know starting a business or any young person who's running a, a department in a big company or you know or, or, or running a, a, a you know a small department is find someone who's better than yourself, put yourself out of business, put them in in position uh, to run run what you're running, uh, and then free yourself up to think about the bigger picture. Um, And uh, people who manage to do that always come back to me a year later and say, you've transformed my life by delegating, I've had a better personal life, I've been able to look after myself, I've been able to think about the bigger picture, I've been able to, you know, move, move myself forward into new areas. Um, and my life has been transformed. People who try to do everything themselves, um, uh, get ill. They, 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 they don't look after themselves. Uh, the company suffers. They, they get, they get scratchy with other people. Um, and, uh, it's counterproductive. And, and so, you know, everybody can try to, and you know, just, just try to delegate a little bit more and, 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 and trust other people more. Do
0: you think people are afraid, of, like what you first said was, uh, delegate so you could put yourself out of business. Do you think people have a kind of almost scarcity complex that if they put themselves out of business, then that's it, they're done?
1: I, well, I'm sure that some people have that fear, but actually quite the reverse happens. I mean, just the fact that you've delegated well gives you that, frees you up, to do extraordinary things. Um, if, you, if you just want to do all the, carry on doing all the mundane things yourself, um, uh, you know, you can carry on doing that forever. But, um, you know, but be, be, willing to, be willing to take the risk of, um, of um, you know, completely putting yourself out of business, but actually don't completely put yourself out of business. Um, uh, you know, give yourself a position to be able to think bigger than you're currently thinking.
0: It strikes me with, with all of this, like with delegation, with persuasion, like your, your conversation with, with Boeing, a lot of this has to do with you providing a, a motivating vision to the people around you. And that involves storytelling, like you must have told a very persuasive story to the, the people at Boeing or a persuasive story to the people who, who manage your businesses. It, it seems you build this vision of how you're going to solve problems and help people, and that's what you use to, to persuade.
1: Look, I I think telling stories is, you know, you've got to get a picture into people's minds. And, um, I mean, for instance, PowerPoints, I I can think of nothing worse. That's the worst way of telling a story. Um, you know, you, you use pictures, use illustrations, use videos, uh, to get your message across and, and use your, and use your own storytelling to get a message across. Uh, you know, throw in a sense of humor as well. I mean, you know I mean I think when I when I told Boeing that you know the day before I'd been trying to get to see a beautiful lady um <laughs> and and the plane I was trying to get to see her on had had um uh, had decided to be cancelled They they didn't have enough passengers so they cancelled it and I'd had to go and hire another plane and borrow a blackboard and 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 fill up that plane with all the passengers that had been bumped um you know the the guy roared with laughter so I got his year. So don't take yourself too seriously. Be willing to tell a story or two as well.
0: Well, it's not just telling a story. You did something. You told a story about. So you needed to get a plane to meet a lady. So it wasn't like you were just yelling and complaining to Boeing. You actually solved your problem and then had a story to tell. You're you're a doer, obviously.
1: I mean, I've been lucky. Look, once you've once you've, I mean, like my secretary did it herself the other day. She she had exactly the same problem and. She learned learned from what I did, and she went and you know hired a train and filled it up with using a blackboard. you know, just this is thirty five years later. So, um, so I think, but I think once you've done it once, you suddenly realise, you know, uh, you know, my 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 slogan is screw it, just do it. I mean, you, you know, why not just try these things? Um, you know, uh, you know, go uh, go, you know, go above your comfort level, and you're going to surprise yourself. Um, and um, and and you may fall flat in your face, but but but, but you know, you'll have fun falling flat in your face. And if you're, I've got four grandkids under two. They, when they fall flat in their face, uh, they pick themselves up again, and they fall flat in their face, and ultimately um, they end they end up walking.
0: And speaking of which, and, and again, this is related to your storytelling ability. Often involves you doing something, often to launch a new company or a new brand. Like for instance. You know, jumping off the roof of a hotel casino is not something the average CEO does in a marketing <laughs> plan. But you did it. You you sort of fell flat on your face, but th- it works.
1: <laughs> yep. I mean, I I jumped off the uh, the Palms Hotel in Las Vegas. Um. Um. Uh, the the old saying about by the seat of your pants. I hit my hit my jeans, uh, my bottom, um, going down a hundred miles an hour halfway down um and ended up dangling like a rag doll with blood pour- pouring from my bum into the party of people who were waiting for me at you know 100 100 um 100 floors below um but i made <laughs> i made a grand entrance and um and virgin america's uh las vegas san francisco route was born um so yeah i mean i've had a lot of near shaves um yeah
0: like how, how many times this is just off the cuff but how many times has uh, blood been the result of you doing a marketing campaign? <laughs>
1: um, well, I think at the end of the book I talk about my seventy seventy five uh, lives uh, where yes. you know, I came close and um, and um, uh, but you know I've been lucky; I've survived them, and it has helped make the Virgin brand the global brand, made it you know more sexy and exciting than some, a brand like British Airways or any of the people we compete with and um uh, and i've had a lot of you know I've had a lot of fun in the process, even if I've spilled a bit of blood in uh, blood and but it 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 makes for a much better re- a much better book so people who go out to read to read finding my virginity i think it, it it it's a lot more exciting than if I was a dull businessman who who's who's sipped sherry and stood in the corner of the room with his fellow directors telling a t- tale
0: and I think that's so important though that you. I think it's the the difference between the Virgin brand and many other businesses is that you're doing these things. Like it's it, you don't just say, "Hey, let's just let's drive a tank down Fifth Avenue." You personally drove the tank down
1: Fifth <laughs> Avenue.
0: <laughs> Again, I feel doing is an important part of the the creative process for you for for storytelling.
1: A hundred percent. No, I love I love it. I love a challenge. I love being I love being out front myself. Um, uh, whether it's yeah, ballooning around the world or or. You know, kite surfing across the English Channel, or uh, climbing Mont Blanc, or you know, whatever it whatever it is. Um, you know, if it, if it's if it, if um, next year I'll I'll definitely be the first to go to space on Virgin Galactic. Um, you know, so you know I would ha- hate to have to watch other people do it. I've got I've got to be doing it myself, or doing it with my children now who who've just become uh, delightful adults, and we do it we do a lot of these things together.
0: Let's stop to take a quick break. We'll be right back. People look for the shortcut, the hack. But the shortcut is a lie. And the hack will never get you there. Believe me, because I try it all the time. It does not work. If you want to take the easy road, it won't take you to where you want to be. There is no easy way. There is only one way, the way of discipline. Read discipline equals freedom by Jocko Willink. Jocko is a decorated Navy seal, co-author of the number one New York Times bestseller, Extreme Ownership, and creator of the number one iTunes business podcast, The Jocko Podcast. And probably the biggest thing he's ever done in his life, the most exciting thing he's ever done in his life, has been a podcast guest on The James Altucher Show. His new book, Discipline Equals Freedom, delivers strategies and tactics for conquering weakness, procrastination, and fear. Find your will, find your discipline, and you will find your freedom. Discipline equals freedom. Get after it with Jocko Willink. Discipline equals freedom is available wherever books are sold. From St. Martin's Press. This happens in every business I've ever started or been involved with. Racing against the clock to wrap up projects. Prepping for meetings later in the afternoon, all the while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Well, welcome to life as a freelancer. FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all new version of their cloud accounting software to help the self-employed. It's redesigned from the ground up and custom built for the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organize, and get paid quickly. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four times faster. See when your client has seen your invoice, and put an end to guessing games. No more the check is in the mail. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial at freshbooks.com slash James, and enter the James Altucher Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash James. if someone was listening to this and they said to themselves, well, okay, he's probably a little bit crazy and he's got a lot of money, I can't do this. You know, how would you respond? A lot of it is just that they're afraid to get out of their comfort zone. How can someone practice getting out of their comfort zone in the ways that you've obviously practiced since you were 15 years old?
1: I think there's a a lot of things that um, don't involve a lot of money to do so for instance you know myself and my kids we kite surfed across the english channel now learning to kite surf all you need is a kite <laughs> uh above your head um five five hours lessons um uh and you can be up 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 on a board and and away and you know so you know you you don't have to go to the expense of building a spaceship or a big a big hot air balloon to to you do your big adventures you can uh you know you, you you can go you can do a swimming adventure or a kiting adventure or a surfing adventure um um but even then you know like for, for a lot of people um you know it's just you know i mean just just start you know start step by step i mean you know if people have got you know find that they're vegetating a little bit you know just set your set yourself some challenges um, I mean, every year, our family, we set ourselves a challenge. Um, you know, last year we, we, we biked two and a half thousand kilometers from north of Italy to south of Italy. Um, you know, i I was 66 years old. Um, you know, it's a hundred miles a day. Um, you know, I'd just been injured just before it, but it's incredible how your body, um, adjusts and gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Now, getting on a bicycle is not that expensive a thing to do and we we stayed in sort of bed and breakfasts every evening so um you know you can you can you can have you know climbing mount you know swimming swimming from italy to sicily at the end of it and then climbing mount etna was you know not an expensive thing to do but it was a wonderful adventure that we did as a family so you know i think set, setting yourself a challenge every year means that you then you know have to get fit to get to do that challenge and that that gives you another skill another thing and and doing it with your family even better
0: so i feel like um kind of finding these challenges for yourself and doing them i think you know looking for problems whether it's in the workplace or in in life in general i think um sort of viewing obstacles as in a more solution oriented way rather than just giving up on them uh you know providing motivating vision and stories to the people around you Delegating all these is this part of this richard branson slash virgin process
1: yeah and and you know i i've tried to sort of tell it in finding my virginity um uh in a in a in a f again in a fun in a fun well way so people can read the book um and uh and just get you know get some tidbits from it but also have a good read i think um, you know i i i love getting into books where you know which you know which are gripping books and um, and so, you know, so, uh, you know I, I, if you if you if you if you can ha- if you have a gripping life, then you then you can write a gripping book. And, and I think ev- inside every single person who's listening to this, there is a book. Um, you know, you can tell the tales of your, your your family, your friends, the things you picked up in life. And I think everyone should Id- ideally try to write it. Can be a short book, of, you know, um, you know, but a book that they can leave to their children, their grandchildren. Um, and, uh, and I, and
0: I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And look, I want to say your, your book is definitely a page turner. I like how you weave in and out of business to philanthropy, to family because business and life in general is, is hard. It's about solving problems constantly, but also, and this is the interesting thing. What comes through most to me is your happiness. And I think people in general, when they see a happy person, they think, "Oh, that person's crazy." <laughs> Maybe talk a little bit about was happiness something you have a baseline you've always had, or what makes you happy?
1: Look, I think uh, we've been a very lucky family. Um, my, my parents were, fu- you know, fun, happy people. Uh, they, they were happily married. Um, you know, plenty of plenty of humor at home. Um, I'll give you one story I told in the book. My You know, I took my dad when he was 87, uh, trekking through Africa following the the Great Migration. Um, And we were tenting together. And I woke up one one morning. I was sleeping next to him in the tent. And um, he had the biggest smile on his face. And I said, "Um, Dad, um, uh, uh, you you look like you had a happy dream. And he said, "Uh, yes. I said, "Um, did it involve a woman? And he said, (laughs) yes and um so i said um uh did you misbehave with her and he said no he said but she misbehaved with me outrageously <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um anyway so my, my, a lot of humor a lot of humor in the family um i've been lucky i've been with the same lady for 40 years um uh, we get on great together um uh, you know she's a sexy beast still uh, um, she's reached 70 years old um uh she's you know a few years older than me um and yeah my kids are happily married we've got four lovely grandkids uh so um you know so we've been lucky as a family the fact that we've you know the the, the parents the grandparents have you know been been in love and and we've sort of, and i think if you could if the family can be bound together like that and with our friends and uh you you can you know you you, you, you um you, you know you 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 have no reason to be unhappy so um and that obviously only happens with 50% of families with 50% of families it's it's tougher and and uh and you know people have to pick themselves up again when 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 in in broken relationships and 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 just do their best to uh you know get over it and get you know get that smile back into their lives and how how do you do that um I think I think you know. I mean, it's, it, it really helps if you've got a friend or two, or you know, some, some people that you really love who you're close to, who you could lean lean on in those difficult moments. And um, and and uh, and yeah, if you if you haven't got that, then uh, you know, I think you, you you need to get out and try to sort of yeah you know, do your absolute best to meet you know, meet meet people, try to. Uh, you know do your best to find find some friends and and make friends and um and as i say you know one one way you know is to get out and try to help other people and through through that process um, you, you 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 could ma- you can make friends and build friendships
0: you know another thing is i feel like and i'm sure you've been told this obviously you have enormous charisma you have friends everywhere friends willing to help you. And I think that's not a small part of your success. I know charisma is something that kind of almost comes from within, but is there any way someone who feels they're not as charismatic could sort of kickstart that?
1: Yeah, you need to make an effort at it. And I hope, you know, again, I hope in my book I've sort of come up with a few hints towards that. And I hope in in the talk I've just given, I've I've come up with a few sort of directions about what people can do. You know, people love people who are positive in life. Uh, People love people who are not negative in life. People love people who look for the best in life and, and look for the best in other people. And uh, people love people who are not gossiping negatively about other people. People love people who, who praise you and, and say kind things. I think, you know, for, for some people, they've got to get over some of the the weak, the weak traits that maybe they inherited from their parents or their grandparents that, you know, try to search for the, the new positive themselves, and they'll get it back in bucket loads if they succeed at finding it.
0: And this is throughout your book. It almost seems like you're fearless in terms of taking risks. And as you point out, a lot of people associate risk with a negative connotation. But it seems like the way you view risk is solve a problem, but you need to take a risk to solve that problem, which is why it hasn't been solved, and then immediately start removing all the risks as quickly as possible. And what's what's your approach to removing risks? You no, know, there's delegation, obviously.
1: Well, I mean, I've you know I've talked about the importance of protecting the downside. So, you know, in my adventure, you know, my adventure times uh, when I do an adventure, obviously the da- the downside risk is losing your life. So you 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 try to do you know plan in every every which way to make sure that you don't lose your life if you're going to try to be the first to cross the Atlantic in a balloon or or, or first to uh climb a Mountain or whatever. Uh but the same applies to being an entrepreneur. Um, you know, if you start a new business you've got to make sure that if it goes wrong it's not going to affect your previous businesses. And um, you know, so when I did the when I did the deal with Boeing all those years ago for Virgin Atlantic with one secondhand seven four seven, you know, they, they they agreed to take the downside risk away by Saying that they they take the plane back at the end of twelve months.
0: I still can't understand how you did that. <laughs>
1: um, well, yeah, I mean it was um, I, I had to do it because I, I just couldn't take the risk uh, to put everything at risk. So, um, and I think I think the timing was lucky there as well. I think it was at a time when the airline business was in a complete slump, and uh, they, they, they were quite glad to get the secondhand seven four seven off their hands. But um, so yeah. T- Timing timing helps. Uh, yeah, good fortune could help as well. Um, they, um, uh, there was one talk about good fortune, one quite fun story I told in the book where I said to my kids when they reached 18, look, I'm going to take you to a casino, but I'm not taking you uh, because I want you to gamble in your life. I'm taking you to teach you a lesson uh, not to gamble. Um, and um, we went to Las Vegas, and I gave them, two hundred dollars each and uh very quickly we lost all the money on the roulette table and then i took them to the bar and i gave them a fatherly fatherly (laughs) lecture about um uh but you know there there we are i've taught you a lesson um now never come into a casino again if you want if you want to get involved in casinos you can own one one day but uh, don't ever come and spend your money in one and as we were passing the table after the drink um every I, i everybody stood up and gave us a round of applause. And I looked at the table and to my horror, there was a massive pile of chips. And we'd left one, one chip on the table and it doubled up and doubled up and doubled up. <laughs> and, uh, and um, anyway, I went over to the table. We distributed <laughs> all the chips to everybody on the table because we would never have, never have had them if they hadn't been honest and let us know. And then my kids gave me a wry smile as we left the casino. And, uh, uh and, uh, anyway, <laughs> but
0: but you know it's it strikes me because i've I've seen this all through your book and all the stories is that obviously there's this great love for your kids. You mention your kids in almost every single chapter, and it's and it's beautiful, and there's great stories about it all. and it seems like where where your kids most benefited was they learned from your example rather than these you know quote unquote fatherly lectures
1: yeah I, I i agree i mean i think and i'm now learning from their example so it sort of it, 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 what goes round comes round um, they they i 've been lucky they they're two great kids my, they both wanted to prove themselves and not just you know be under my wing and so my daughter went off to be a, become a doctor and and um, my son went off to make films about subject matters that he felt very strongly about that could better the world and we're very, very close. They're great kids. We've been lucky. Now, luck, by the way, does play a lot in, in everybody's life. I mean, you can, you can make your own luck only to a certain extent, but you do need lucky breaks. And, and you know, I've had more than my fair share of those as well.
0: Well, well let me ask you what's a time when you were unlucky and maybe w- you had to figure out how to respond to that?
1: Um, well, when we took on Coca Cola, they. Uh, they've got, they had bigger, bigger tanks than us. <laughs> yes. And, and they came in and they crushed us, um, using, using those, uh, the, you know, that, that bigger firepower. And we, we didn't have, um, a big enough difference in product to fight back. Whereas when British Airways attempted to crush us, we had a better product and, 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 uh, they, they couldn't crush us. And, um, uh and of course we 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 ended up taking them to court and won you know the biggest libel damages in history when they tried to drive us out of business
0: How many businesses altogether do you think you actually failed at?
1: I don't think a lot because you know we we started businesses from scratch um uh and we put our toe in the water and if it felt uh you know if it felt not if it didn't feel too cold, we then you know built it. Slowly but surely. If it didn't, if it didn't feel good, we'd just knock it on the head pretty quickly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there was one fun one which was called Virgin Brides, which we failed at. And
0: and you dressed up as a bride, by the way, in the marketing. Uh, for uh, that.
1: And of course, <laughs> and um, yeah, and of course there aren't any virgin brides, so there was no marketplace. Right,
0: brought. no customers. <laughs>
1: No customers <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so I mean, but you know, but we, we we've you, yeah we've had more successes than failures, so um you know f- fifty years on virgin is fortunately still going strong with us about to go to space, and we're about to launch a virgin voyages, a cruise company we're just we're just getting involved in uh, virgin Hyperloop, which will transport you at uh, seven seven hundred miles an hour or six fifty miles an hour. Um, on a train, and, and lots of exciting things going on at the moment. And, um, and sadly, I think I'm going to have to love you and leave you. Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day in San Francisco, and I'm going to better go and get, uh, instead of talking about getting fit, I think I might go out and uh, play some tennis. And, and uh...
0: Well, R- Richard, Richard Branson, author of Finding My Virginity, the new autobiography, I, I do really appreciate it. You spending the time. I've learned a lot. I'm hoping the listeners have learned a lot. I want to ask you one final question. Yeah. I know you play a lot of chess. I'm a I'm a ranked chess master. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> next time you're in New York, uh, let's let's play a game.
1: I well, I'd love to. I, on this one, I would love to listen and learn because um, I, I I'm certainly not a ranked chess player, but I love playing it, so I look forward to it.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much, Richard, and and good luck with the book. It's really great.
1: Thanks so much. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Next time on The
2: James Altucher Show. In America, citizens have to think about their place in history, that your place in history is not determined for you by where you're born or who your parents are, um, but that you make your own place in history as an American. So if you write speeches, especially for a president, your goal is not to become an expert on every subject. Your goal is to become somebody who sort of could talk about it for five minutes. And if you learn too much, sometimes you lose sight of what's interesting.
0: I want to also learn how to be a speechwriter out of this. podcast. <laughs> okay, yeah. By
2: the end of by the end of our time together, uh, you will be you will be all set with your speechwriting license. Um, if you look at a lot of good speeches, they're either very specific personal details or big, meaningful values. One of my favorite speeches is the speech that Martin Luther King delivered the night before he was shot. He talks about surviving an assassination attempt, a woman, a deranged woman, stabbed him with a letter opener. It almost got to his heart. Doctors told him that if he had sneezed, he would have died. This got out in the press, and he got a letter from a nine-year-old white girl who said, I just wanted to let you know I'm glad you didn't sneeze. And then he goes on this long run where he prefaces everything with saying, I too am glad I didn't sneeze, because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been able to tell you all about a dream that I had. And so he's connecting this very, very meaningless moment, a sneeze, with these incredibly important national events.
0: It's almost like these things came out of nowhere. Cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. A few years ago, they were pennies, and now Bitcoin is over $4,000 a coin. I call these currencies choose-yourself currencies, because they don't depend on any institution, any government, any bank to function. And they're just simply exploding in price right now. It's unbelievable. Some have jumped as high as 3,000%, 21,000%, and even a rare 81,000%. Again, it reminds me of things like the dot-com boom in the 90s, stocks were going up 20, 30% a day. Everyone said it was a rational exuberance, but they kept going for another five years, and some of them are still going. So if you're missing out on this boom, don't worry. You're not alone. We're just an inning. I don't know if we're in inning zero anymore, but we're in inning one. Most people are not investing in cryptos simply because they don't even know how to get started. So I decided I want to do something about that. I want to inform everyone listening how to get started. I'm offering a free six-video series masterclass on cryptocurrencies, where I'll walk you step-by-step through the entire process. If you're interested in claiming this free masterclass, please go to altature.io. That's altature.io slash masterclass, where I'll give you all of the details.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time.